0: All right, guys. It's Cream, aka Miss Cream of the Crop. I have Dan. He's the owner of uh, the Cleveland Bagel Company, and so we're here to introduce those of you guys who have never heard of the Bagel Company before um, to the brand and the company, and gonna give you guys a bit history about the Bagel Company because we don't want this to be all about the hate that they're receiving. And then we're going to get into the hate that they're receiving. just being positive. So, Dan, tell us a little bit about your bagel brand first, because I want to introduce people to your business first, um, and to you. Despite you saying that you're not as cool as I think you are, I think that you're a really cool guy.
1: And I got to talk to you on
0: video, and you have tattoos, so that makes you even more cool. So I thought
1: it was required.
0: um, <laughs> so introduce okay. yourself to everyone, tell them who you are, and tell them a little bit about your company.
1: Okay. Uh My name's Dan Herbst, I own Cleveland Bagel Company. Um, we started about five, six years ago out of my apartment, my business partner Jeff and I. We've been fortunate enough to have a good product that people like, and now we have two shops, one on the west side and one in Midtown off of Carnegie
0: yes and I've ordered from the one that's in Midtown and I love that you guys have options for people like me that that aren't able to eat everything Um, (laughs) so you I think you guys might be the only bagel shop that I've seen that had as many options as you guys have and it was the the first time that I actually looked at a menu and couldn't decide what I wanted because there was too much stuff on there that I could choose from. Usually I can't decide what I want because I can't find anything that I can actually eat and not get sick. So I appreciate you guys for having that type of menu. You're welcome. I appreciate you guys for having that type of menu. Um, Like I said, I was really excited. I was like, oh, my gosh, they have so many choices for me. I can't believe it. (laughs) And that never happens. It never happens. Cause I just have this, I have an autoimmune disease. So there's a certain right. stuff that I can't eat. It will make me sick. And, uh, and I'm learning every day, you know, new foods that I can't eat, new foods that I can't eat. So it's just, I don't understand how I even still have all this meat on my body. I, I should be like <laughs> a waste <laughs> with this kind of thing that I cannot eat. But, um, yeah, I just, I know there are a lot of people who are aware of your bagel shop um, because they've gone there and they've had the experience that I've had. But I also know, and plus, my grandma, she sold her house and she actually moved to the Midtown area. She has a really nice apartment there. And that's the other way that I discovered your bagel shop was because she moved to the Midtown area. But um, but for, for people that know you guys, like I do because of your choice of bagels, they're really tasty, your customer service, Um, you know, they already know how cool you guys are. But I wanted to do this for people who might have only been introduced to you guys because of you going somewhat viral, because of all the hate that you guys are receiving. And I wanted people to um, get to know you, get to know your company, because it does make it easier to patronize, a company when you feel like you're cool or you feel like you're cool with the owner or the owner is cool enough for you to go and give them your money. Most people, you know, they give their money with their feelings. So, right.
1: Well, here's the raw version of it. When Jeff and I were talking about starting a business, mm-hmm. we chose bagels because there weren't really anybody doing bagels and we didn't know how to do anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> We just wanted to start a business that was sustainable, that we could pay people a living wage and that we could own it and talk our shit and do what we wanted to do. So we spent a couple of years working on trying to make a good bagel. And they were terrible in the beginning, but we landed upon a really good product and we put a lot of time into it. And fast forward to now this, yeah, now, because we support black people in police reform. We're terrorists and evil. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I can say that you're not a terrorist. I'm pretty sure people can tell from my raspy voice that I'm a black lady. Um a multi actually I'm a multi race lady, but I call myself black, I look black. It is what it is. So um okay. I want okay, before we get into the other thing in Cleveland, how would you what how would you describe being a business owner in Cleveland? You guys expanded. so now you have two um bagel shops. So how would you describe being a business owner of something like a bagel shop and that's pretty much the only thing you guys to sell in bagels? Um, I mean, what is the experience like being in Cleveland as a as a business owner, a small business owner?
1: It's it's been like the most fulfilling experience. You know, my life so far, I, I, like, it, it took a lot of work to get there. My options outside of doing this were not good because all my skills are obsolete. Um, um, yeah, we, and we've been very fort, like, very fortunate coming up. Like, we got breaks when we needed it and we got our shops and, We've got a great crew, and we're paying people, mm-hmm. and it's what I want. Like, Jeff and I, you know, like, it's made it easier that this is what we wanted. You know, like, I don't need a chrome jet ski or some bullshit. <laughs> like, I need enough to pay my bills, and making a difference and having our platform and having a great crew and and proving that you can – Pay people a living wage without destroying the economy is right. That's been very rewarding.
0: Absolutely, I can I can imagine. So let's move on to what everyone probably is going to tune into this interview for, and that is what caused you guys to go viral. It should have been your customer service. It should have been your bagels. It should have been all the You know, that I described, that I talked about, that you guys have for people like me who, you know, have dietary needs. But um, instead, you guys go viral because you decide to support other human beings. So, yeah. Which is I which is didn't think it was and, that. I'm sorry,
1: go yeah.
0: ahead. No, I was going to say, it's just wild and crazy that <laughs> you're going viral for people thinking that supporting human beings is a negative. I don't understand that. But
1: what were you going to say? I never really anticipated it being that radical of an idea. But, I mean, the viral whatever bullshit part of it was they they attached it to my personal page where I had a fuck the police caption on a video of a pregnant lady in Denver getting lit up by 15 cops. And um, it was enraging to watch. And, yeah, so I put that caption up. So they attached it with that. And so now I'm a terrorist that hates police, and um, our shop should burn down with us in it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's crazy how easy it is for certain people to throw that word around when it's convenient for them. But when that word should be used and when people should be labeled that word it is disguised at times as oh, this event that happened or this person was in an unstable mental position so they weren't aware of really what they were doing at that time. It's like, no, there are people that are actually domestic terrorists. Please call them that. (laughs) Um,
1: It's it's just interesting that they interpret the words Black Lives Matter as terrorism. Literally. Yes. I mean, they're yes. receiving these messages. And that's sad, and terrible, and proving my point. Absolutely. Not. I mean, these weirdo right wingers are acting like I'm the white Malcolm X or something <laughs> just because <purposely> he posted <laughs> a flyer. And I'm fine with that. I'm good with that. But. I mean, I don't want to be a distraction. And and Jeff and I didn't come out and voice our support through the company to, you know, like, as a publicity stunt, it's what we feel. If you look at our social media throughout our our entire history, we've always been that way. We've always wore our heart on our sleeves and been honest about what we support and what we feel. Right. And, I mean, I don't, you know, like. If we're obviously on the right side of history. I mean, yeah.
0: I was gonna ask you that.
1: Years.
0: I was gonna ask you how would you how do you feel about people saying that you're just jumping on the bandwagon and you're just doing it for publicity, but you just answered that question to say we've always been this way. This is who we We didn't make it we.
1: publicity. They made it publicity by yes. losing
0: their fucking minds over that shit.
1: And like yes. Sending me messages and threatening my mom and shit. I didn't do that. We just sat back and watched it and were amazed at the amount that was coming in, you know. And that was, that was those haters. We, I mean, if they would have just left it alone, it wouldn't have been a thing. We would have just, I mean, like I was saying, this past weekend, this fourth weekend, if you didn't pay attention to the internet up here in reality land in Cleveland, It was peaceful. We were busy. People were great. And that was it. The rally was peaceful.
0: And so I heard that that you guys got some threats in regards to the rally.
1: The peaceful
0: peaceful rally.
1: People were calling the shop nonstop for a couple days. And, you know, I hope your shop burns down with you guys in it some guy claiming to be the president of the third chapter of the Hell's Angels said him and his boys were coming up from Columbus. And I was like, well, are you characters from 70s B movies? I didn't know. Like, am I supposed to be afraid of the Hell's Angels? I don't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was like oh my oh, what's a geriatric bike club. I don't know. <laughs> am I supposed to, is that a real threat? But I mean, the thing is, it's just it's hilarious that they think somehow shitting on a bagel company isn't effective, and if we prove a positive distraction for these haters, because they're giving it to us, maybe they're not giving it to somebody else that's making some progress,
0: yeah, but, absolutely. I hate that you guys are getting the negative the all the negativity, but I understand where you're coming from as being like you though. Yeah, as being a deflection. And we definitely appreciate you guys for standing up and at least allowing yourselves to be somewhat of a deflection. It's just crazy that people are calling you guys terrorists, but they are threatening you with violence when nothing that you guys have done has been violent. So it's like, who's the terrorist here? You're threatening my life. You're threatening my company. You hope that my shop burns down. You're threatening the livelihoods of our employees, but you're calling us the terrorists, make it make sense. How does that make sense? It doesn't at all.
1: There's something about these haters that that the irony of their words never falls or lands on their dome. It just doesn't. But they, they do it all in one breath.
0: Yes, absolutely. And the craziest thing about all of this is, I was saying to you when we were talking on video, that The statement, Black Lives Matter, is just that it's a statement saying, hey, these people are going through things. We need to recognize that they matter enough so that these things can stop happening to them. They deserve respect. They deserve to live peacefully. But people are also taking that phrase and turning it into something that represents an organization. Whether the organization is for Black Lives you know, or whether it's not right. for black lives. At the end of the day, whether that organization exists or not, black lives still matter. <laughs> and yeah. and that's the other crazy thing about all of this and all the people that are upset. They continue to argue with everyone saying, you're supporting a terrorist group, you're supporting this person, you're supporting that person, These paying people to do all these things. And it's like, No. Erase that from the board. I just support these people over here that look like this. I just support their lives being important enough that we don't want to see anything happen to them. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, Well, it's
1: telling, like, I've told my crew, like, with the reaction to a bagel shop in Cleveland, you know, like, I told you I've been – I got a whole cool list of threats now. I got, like, I got threatened from Cali, Oregon, Washington, Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri, Florida, Virginia. You know, like,
0: I'm telling
1: my, you know, like, obviously, like, power is perception. And these weirdos think we have power, so let's use it to raise more money for the cause, to give more voice to the cause. And that's what we'll use it for if they want to give it to us. But they feel threatened, and that fear out there means they feel change is coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. The the rally that, you know, we put up the flyer for was the defundable release rally. That also brings about, you know, like we've had the whole, like, we must hate all cops because defund means get rid of all cops. But we it doesn't. It means police reform, and we're not going to waver off of that. I don't. Right. Every institution and every industry in this country, in the world is constantly updating and evolving and changing. And we're supposed to be under the notion that policing in America is just perfect. Yes. Isn't that crazy?
0: Because the
1: utterance of changing or reforming anything is goes right to this hysterical reaction that. You hate cops. You're going to yeah. get rid of all the cops. I'm getting all the, who are they? Who are you going to call? Or don't call 911 when they rape your girlfriend.
0: <laughs> Isn't it crazy how people go through the furthest stretch of the imagination to scare you into doing or conforming to right. what they want you to conform to? But these are the same people that are mad that we have to wear masks.
1: And like, if I'm calling nine one one, it's like my usually like my house is on fire or something. Like, I don't need the cops to shoot out a fire. I need the fire department. I need the Exactly. AMC. <laughs> like, I guess I can't use any of the services now because we support police reform.
0: Right. And 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 rape is not um, a subject to play about. But if someone were in the act of doing that. The cops usually don't show up that fast. So yeah. even if you called them, the it's person would be I gone mean, by it's
1: then. It's just the nature of how things happen. But they're not the minority report. You know, some guy was telling me, like, he's like, what if a car comes through your building? And I was like, first of all, I don't want any police officer jumping in front of a car because they're not Why? stop it. And I was like, not to mention the uncanny timing that a cop would be there while a car is, and what is the car going to bounce off of the police? I don't want a police officer getting run over by a car. If a car is going to run through my shop, it's going to run through my
0: shop. Exactly.
1: With all these weird scenarios to shame out of an obvious thought, like every other, like I said, every other industry, every other institution is always changing, updating, you know, Mm. trying to be better, you know, in the, in a naive sense of things. But 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 I don't
0: understand why these same angry people aren't this angry when teachers are protesting about their salaries being too low, or teachers saying that they have to purchase their own supplies for their school, for their classroom, or when when parents get sent home long laundry lists of... Supplies that we have to purchase for the classroom, like dry erase markers, um, napkins, Kleenex, hand sanitizer. There's all this, like literally, it's almost like a two page, um, two pages of supplies that teachers ask parents to purchase for the classroom because it's not being provided for them. All of these extracurricular activities that kids don't have in school anymore, you constantly defund education, but schools are still here. So yeah, I don't no, understand how people are okay so, with defunding education and all these other businesses, especially education. But you're so dead set on you no, know, the police need all the money that they can get. Like what? How does that make they sense? Because they need
1: like a bomb-sniffing tank. That was used. I don't know why it's so militarized. You know they talk about like they they go oh well if we if we defund the police or reform the police department you know they're gonna be they're gonna be cash strapped but they're already spending millions of dollars on weapons and vehicles that they do not need in the city. Yeah. If you have to police your people your citizens that way that is terrible. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Like, what do you think you need a tank for when citizens don't have tanks? like why do you have a tank? I don't understand what is it for? Who are you fighting because you, can you can only police the paranoid. city that you can only police the city that you work in, so I'm trying to understand who's in Cleveland with a tank that you need to be um armed against because we have the national guard here, so exactly I don't think... I don't see the purpose of having the National Guard and heavily armed police officers. I think police officers shouldn't have as many hats as they have. We should have, we should have a department for people that need mental health. You know, when people make calls and say, hey, I don't know what's going on with this person that's out here, seems like they have mental health issues. There should be a department for that. There should be a department for almost everything, and those funds should be divided amongst those departments, not just this one set. Of office you know this just the police department here here's some shields and guns and bombs and you know tanks and all this other stuff that you need against regular citizens like if if someone declares war on the United States the National Guard is gonna be called first not the police officer
1: it's the point of the National Guard our police don't need to be militarized because we have a National Guard
0: I don't Absolutely. see why
1: we can't transition into these things where you have better trained, better paid, less police officers. And like you said, you have these other departments that address issues that need a professional. Not yeah. everything requires a badge and a gun. Absolutely. The, the, the base level to get in your foot in the door is a GED. Like that's maybe we shouldn't be giving everybody a badge and a gun. Like Absolutely. there needs to be more training. There needs to be various departments. It needs to be demilitarized. I'm sick of hearing this romantic, like TV cop TV show notion that oh well it's in my blood to be a cop. Well it's in my blood to be the first baseman of the Cleveland Indians. But I get up in the morning and I go make bagels. I, you know like <laughs> you can't keep saying like this idea like you're entitled to this job.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people feel like they are entitled to a lot of things in the United States, which is why a lot of them are against so much change. Which is a lot why a lot of them are upset that people are saying Black Lives Matter, um, Trans Lives Matter, LGBTQ plus Lives Matter. You know, people are afraid of people coming over into our country from another country that wants to give their children a better life. People are afraid of change because people are afraid of letting go of this power that they feel certain uniforms and jobs and being a part of certain groups gives them. A lot of people understand that by saying, oh, my dad's a cop, kind of sort of gives them the power to do whatever they want to do in certain towns and in certain cities, and they don't want to let that power go. And right. that's the scariest part about it is because you have all these people that have, a, that are um, empowering each other for the wrong reason. And it goes back to what I was saying to you on video. A lot of these people are upset because misery loves company. And if I'm a miserable person and all my friends are miserable, I assume everyone else is miserable. And if you aren't, right. I want to do everything within my power to make you as miserable as me. Because I don't want to feel this way by myself. Instead of just really saying, what can I do to make my life different so that I'm not miserable? But that's too hard for some people. So when you hate people and your goal is to set out to make people feel inferior to you and to make people fear you, when you start seeing them uprise or when you start seeing them say we matter, in your mind you're thinking, oh, my God, these people – they're starting to mirror us and mimic what we're doing if we don't stop them that means that they're going to do everything to us that we did to them and we don't want that to happen when in actuality that's not what we want i mean people have the right to defend themselves but that's not what we want we just want to just i just want to get up talk to cool people like you for my radio station um Run my own business, because I'm a business owner, To Run my business, which this is one of them. And spend time with my family. I just want to live without having to worry about people who hate me for no reason doing something for me or my family. That's all I want, period. And to be respected. Nothing more, nothing less. But for some reason, my skin tone makes people feel threatened, which is stupid.
1: I don't get it. I mean, if you just want to talk about it in an economic sense, you know, equal opportunity, living wages, unions that protect things, These this benefits all of us. It Mm -hmm. lifts everybody up. Opportunities for education, just food in general. Like all these things lift everybody up. It supports the capitalist system that we have. Yes. they want that division of power or they have this perception or it just comes down to hiring one half of the poor people to kill off the other half of the poor people because a Mm. lot of this rage i'm seeing is coming from people who their situation isn't too great either you know and they they, they're arguing against their own best interests
0: absolutely absolutely I, i i totally agree when i look at certain people who are getting the most hate i'm looking at them and i'm saying you do realize that if you just really pay attention to what we're fighting for it would really benefit you too because most rich people don't really care about what anyone outside of their class is going to right they don't care so a lot of people that aren't well off should understand that a lot of wealthy people see you the same as they see black people. You're pretty much us. <laughs> so well,
1: right, there's, there's a lot of money being spent to keep to keep those people uninformed and, and, yes. and keep them thinking that half of the country's against that, you know, coming for their shit, yes. and that's the fear they have. But.
0: Yeah, and that's crazy because I don't want anything that anyone has. I work for all everything that I have, so you know, everyone in my family does and has, and I'm just here to carry on my family's legacy. You know, my great grandfather, my great great grandfather, put my grandmother and her sister and brothers in college on a second grade education, and he purchased land and homes and everything that was passed down that has been passed down throughout. All of our generation and I take that very serious. I, I think about my great grandpa, my great great grandfather when I'm thinking about, um, our family's legacy and how I portray myself or, um, when I meet people, how I portray myself online, like I think about all those things and there are a lot of other people that are like me that come from not just black homes, but minority homes that have a legacy, a family legacy, a culture to uphold. And the last thing that we're thinking about is taking over someone else's, for lack of a better word, taking over someone (laughs) else's shit. You know what I mean? I'm not coming to take over your shit. I don't want to go to the mountains and live there and take over whatever it is you guys have going on. I don't. I don't want to go to the woods and take over the woods. I I don't. I really don't. Like, there's nothing that you have that I want at all, right. and you barely have that much, so what can
1: I take? It, it's just fear of the other, I guess. And I mean, like, like I said, like, hate is whatever. Like, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm good with that, adept to that, unfortunately. But <laughs> um, a lot of it is just coming from people that don't live in cities. You know, like, a lot of the hate just came from outside Circleville, Ohio, you know, three hours away outside of Columbus, and like I said, all these other
0: states, In so I just... Your phone's covering up the mic.
1: Oh, sorry. Oh,
0: yeah. You said it was coming from other states and other cities outside of Cleveland.
1: These people that I don't know, like, and maybe I'm making a generalization or assumption, but they don't have a lot of exposure to diversity. It's maybe the nicest way I can put it, possibly. Yes. And all they see is this right wing, like, media hatred always stirring stuff up. And, like I said, then we got on some list, you know, and now I'm just yes. hearing from rando people that were evil and disgusting. And that's.
0: That yeah, is. well, I'm pretty sure some of them are going to be listening to this, and hopefully they can think racking one up to see that none of this is hate. No one's trying to come to Steubenville, Ohio, or wherever. <laughs> you know, no right. one's trying to come to anywhere two, three, four hours away to take anything over. Like, I barely want to drive to Cologne. I, I, I'm not a road trip type of person. I like to fly, but I'm not going to – I'm not hopping on the plane to do harm. Right. I, 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 I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to drive hours away to do harm, even if you live next door. I'm not going to come next door to do harm. That's not what I'm all about. And every ethnicity of people, every race of people has bad people. There's someone of every race that has committed some type of crime, but you can't take those people and judge the entire group of people to say, well, if that person has your same race can do this, I know you'll drive here and do that to us. But it's like that's almost the same as saying, well, if that white person's racist, so are you. That means you're coming over here to hang all of us, too. Like, no, that's stupid. So if
1: if you were to um – if you were to, like, look at the bluster there online this weekend and the way they would word their perceptions of what it's like up here. I mean, like I said, it was a beautiful weekend in Cleveland. It was a beautiful yeah. rally, and it was completely peaceful. But the way the things these people were writing, you would think there's just, like, billowing black smoke all over the city, and it's just like <laughs> a friggin' – like the fucking purge up here. You know? But it was it. It was like – One of the chillest, nicest weekends in Cleveland.
0: Yes. I had um, an experience with this older white guy. The first time I took – the first time Lyft came to Cleveland, I was really excited because I travel a lot because I Mm -hmm. work in entertainment, and I've always taken Uber everywhere in every city except here because we didn't have it. And then when we finally got something like Uber, it was Lyft first. So I remember I was coming back from out of town and this older gentleman picked me up, older white guy picked me up in the van and we had this long drive. I lived all the way, all the way past the east you Probably should like, have made it
1: happen to get in vans with
0: older white yeah, guys. I know, I know. <laughs> it was just, so he's driving me, he's my live driver, so we're talking and I don't know, something just I don't know, I'm a real personable person, you know, talk to me, I'll talk to you if you right. know it depends on your vibes. But anyway. So we're in, we're in list, I knew it was gonna be at least forty minutes before we got to my house. So he started talking to me and he said, I'm so glad I decided to start taking this driving job. He says, I'm 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 retired. I used to be a I forget what I think he said a truck driver. And he said, okay. This is the first time my life has been this diverse. I'm like, really? He was in his 60s. Isn't
1: that beautiful, though?
0: Yeah. So, but wait, here's the kicker. He says, when I was younger, I was afraid to come to Cleveland. I said, why? He said, I grew up – I forget what city he said he grew up in. It was some small town in Ohio. And he said there was a railroad track that's still there now, and it's the same as it was when he was a kid. He said on one side of the track – was where the black people lived, and all the black people knew not to cross the tracks. On the other side of tracks was where all the white people lived, and they knew not to let black people come over into their neighborhood. So his entire life was like that. And he said that they were told that if they ever came to Cleveland, that they would get killed because there's a lot of – non-white people who live in cleveland and they're just all criminals so he said that he specifically took this job he said he was really nervous but he took it because he finally got the nerve he said he's driven through cleveland but he's never really been in cleveland he says so he finally got the nerve to not be afraid to come to Cleveland. He's like, it's nothing like what I was taught when I was a kid. He's like, I'm six I I think he said was like sixty five years old. He's like, I'm sixty five years old. This is the first this is the most I've ever talked to of black black people. Anybody <laughs> of other races. He's like, I've never he said, not just black people, but people that weren't white. He's like, everyone right. here is really nice. He's like, I I have a favorite spot that I like to eat in. He said, I'm assuming it's a predominantly black area because He's like, I see a lot of different people come in there, but it seems like it's a black area. He's like, I'm not I don't know. He's like, but it's my favorite place. They know they know my meal by now when I come in there. He's like, This has been the best experience of my life. He said, But it also makes me really sad that it took me sixty five years to have this experience because of how I was raised. But he said that his his dad was a grand wizard in the KKK.
1: Oh shit.
0: <laughs> and I looked at him and I was like, What? He said, don't worry. He said, I'm not, I'm a totally changed man. He's like, but this experience of driving for living has been the best experience I've ever had because I was raised to be afraid of people. I was raised to be yeah. afraid of bigger cities because I was told that if you go to a big city, you're going to die. He said, so we never left.
1: Yeah, and that perception's still out there. I hear those stories, you know, like um – um but that's what's wonderful about cleveland that's what we love about cleveland like yeah it does it? cleveland have crime yeah like every city for the entire history of cities and cities existed in any form right. because you just got a lot of people on top of each other but i love cleveland because of that i grew up with a diff. like i like my parents we come up here for the ball games and spend the day here. And, like, my whole family grew up here over on the east side for the most part. And, yeah, we have a great city because of the diversity.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And that yeah. should be celebrated, and everyone can benefit from that.
0: Absolutely. And I don't know what type of people color other people have been around, but for the most part, black people <laughs> – we we like everybody. We invite anyone over for barbecue. <laughs> we're, we're if you look online, if you do one good deed, we're like, oh yeah, he's invited to the cookout. You know <laughs> that's our little running joke of inviting people over to the cookout. Like for the most part, we are good. That's for anybody though, but we're good people. We really are. Like you, you're gonna have bad apples in every single bunch. But your skin color doesn't. Correlate to whether or not you have the propensity to be a criminal. Maybe what you grew up around may, may affect that. But there are people that come from bad sides of the town that are the opposite of that. And there are examples to say, hey, I grew up in this environment, but look at how I turned out. And that's with any rate. So, um, I just appreciate the fact that we have people like you and your business owner. I mean, your business partner that have always stood on the right side of humanity. You really care about your employees, you care about other human beings, and that's really all what all of us want. Not just as a black person or as a Hispanic person or, you know, just a minority, everyone just wants to know that there's someone that's their fellow man that is going to support them. And make sure that they have the best life they could possibly live. Like, we affect each other. And when people realize that, that everything will be a lot better, some people choose to be ignorant to things, and that's called stupidity. There's ignorance yeah. and then there's stupidity. And some people choose to be stupid, no matter how many facts are, are shown to them, no matter how many videos they see, no matter how many online arguments they put into or how many examples are given to them. They choose to be stupid. Um, and that's that's their choice. But I wanna bring something else up. Not only were you guys causing a stir because of your stance on Black Lives Matter, people okay. were also sending you guys because you were asking them to wear masks inside of your bagel shop.
1: Oh oh yeah. That's yeah, that was another dummy internet thing where I think they're essentially the same crowd. Um yeah, they were really upset we we were called a as with Nazis, which is weird to call a bagel shop like Nazis. But um yeah. yeah, we we just it's the mask. It's just like basic understanding of a virus and we thought like if we're gonna if our, our staff's going to be required to wear masks for like eight hours, I don't, you know, no offense to our customers, but I don't know where you've been bouncing around the neighborhood maskless, you know? So it was just a <laughs> better safe than sorry thing. Like I know my yes. staff, they're in the kitchen all day until we're, right. you're coming into the shop. I don't know where you've been and Right at that time. And especially now, like, it, it just seems like a better safe than sorry thing. And once again, the reality of it, the reality on the ground at the shops when we're doing business is for the past couple weeks since we've reopened, we've had one couple try to be assholes about it. And when I told them they had to put the mask on sternly and they were faced with that choice of liberty or breakfast, they chose breakfast, and then they left with their liberties still intact, amazingly. You know? <laughs> they put that mask oh on their faces. And that's two people out of thousands of people. So I don't know why all this bluster comes on the Internet. I sincerely think people have a problem. They just are addicted to being outraged and hysterical. You know, like people are saying like some of the things I said recently are the most shocking things they've ever seen on the internet. I'm like, that's not true.
0: Wow. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> but you know, the crazy thing about this whole mask situation, especially for you as a business owner saying, Hey, you guys can't come in if you don't have a mask and people getting upset about it is there has been there have been signs on stores for years that say no shoes, no shirt, no service, and people put their shoes and their shirt on and go in for service, and they don't say anything. I don't understand why.
1: It's the, the irrational outrage machine.
0: For the mask. It's like, dude, put it on, go in, get your food, get in your car, and take it off. It's not that big a deal. You have no issue walking past the no shoes, no shirt, no service sign. So why do you have an issue walking past the you must wear a mask sign? I think it's kind of like that, um, you know, group think, where people don't know how to think outside of the group. So if all of these people are angry about us wearing masks, then that means I need to be angry about a mask as well. When if you really just think about the reason behind putting a mask on, it doesn't make any sense to be as angry as everyone is about the mask.
1: Yeah, the reason behind it's a worldwide pandemic. I don't got to spend all kinds of time. Behind. Energy trying to explain that to people. Like, if you don't get that by now, I I don't know what to tell you. It's yeah. not against people like all these people. Like, when I woke up, I woke up in a free country, and I'm like, yeah. And you got to put a mask on for a couple minutes too, asshole. Just to do it. <laughs> like, no, and you woke wants up to in a free it.
0: country that makes you stop at stop signs, stop at red lights, pa- uh, yield on yellow, and go on green. You live yeah, in a country that tells you that car insurance is mandatory, and you'll get a ticket if you don't have on a seatbelt. Like you do understand that you live in a free-ish society, but there still are rules. Period. Yeah. If, if you want to be a part of regular open society, there are certain rules you're gonna have to abide by. When you see a stop sign, stop. If not, you get a ticket or a car accident. One of the two. Well,
1: well, with the mask thing, to the, the mask thing in particular, you know, like uh, I've noticed over these two things, um, you know, like it'd be like the fake reviews or just the faux victimization in general. So as soon as we announced the mask, you, you, you had to wear a mask into the shop. You know, all of a sudden, every right winger had PTSD, you know, and I was getting messages from them and. I mean, I, I, and I'm, I, I was angry about the fact that a lot of these people are just faking it, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: It's just crocodile tears. And yeah. It is a disservice to people that actually struggle with issues and struggle with PTSD. Right. But, Absolutely. um, but, you know, like I, I couldn't, you know, like I was, I thought to myself, like, well, like, why are you so upset about this during a pandemic? Because if you had PTSD, I'm guessing it you, I'm guessing they had it the day before and they were figuring their lives out. But now because this bagel shop said you had to wear a mask for two minutes, somehow it's an affront on their lives. I don't, you know, like
0: (laughs) I'm not laughing, but I'm laughing at the logic of some people or the lack of logic of some people because at the end of the day, it is a bagel shop. It is a bagel shop. Your bagel is breakfast. Your bagel's done already. You just got it at the topping. Yeah. You Put literally aren't in there for productive. a really long time. It's just bagels. It's just bagels. <laughs> I
1: keep to tell them that. I'm like, you know, this isn't the state capital. I'm not the right. mayor. You know, I'm the mayor of my shop. So you got to right. wear a, exactly. you wear a mask when you come in here. Bagels. But I don't, I don't understand
0: Right, I don't understand how they think that you're infringing upon their rights when they can just go to the grocery store and get their bagel, get bagels and make their own bagels at home.
1: Yeah, they, they're free to not do whatever they want, just not at my place. That's it. Right. I don't, I don't understand why our decisions and what our stances are really have any bearing on their lives at all, like Tom from Naples, Florida, or. Dwayne from Washington.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if Black Lives Mattering affect their lives, then bagels affect their lives too. Didn't you know that? Bagels, bagels, and Black Lives don't matter to other people's lives that they infringe upon. I don't know if you were aware of that. <laughs> uh,
1: I am now. I am now. The black lives matters to us, and our community matters to us, and our city yes. matters to us. And that's it. We're unwavering on that. We're not going to be ashamed. I'm not going to apologize for anything. There's nothing to apologize for.
0: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Well, if anyone tuning in right now, can't tell that you aren't a terrorist. I don't know what terrorist sounds like. I don't know what they sound like, but I'm assuming hmm. that they aren't trying to bring the community together. I'm also assuming that they don't want to make the tastiest bagels with the most diverse options of toppings in Midtown. Well, nobody, I'm,
1: I'm just, I'm just gonna
0: assume. that. Absolutely. But I'm just gonna assume that that's not something that terrorists are looking to do. At least, at least what. That's just my opinion.
1: But no, we're not a part of the QAnon conspiracy. The bagel shop is not a front for a terrorist organization. We actually make bagels and just pay people a living wage there on a daily basis.
0: Absolutely. That is it, guys. So hopefully, if you took anything out of our conversation and this mini interview, it's that they just make tasty bagels. That's it. And they want you to wear a mask for two minutes when you come in and pick your bagels up or when you come in and order them. That's all. They really feel that other people's lives matter outside of their own. Period. That's it. Nothing else, nothing more. So can you please give everyone the, um, if you know it by heart, if you know the address to your bagel shop so they can come out and patronize you guys uh, peacefully and get some breakfast. Um.
1: We're at 4201 Detroit Avenue across from the Harp in Ohio City, and I am forgetting my address for the Midtown, but we're at Midtown on Carnegie and 77. Yes. Right on the You corner.
0: can't miss it, guys. You'll see it. It's on the corner, and the name's on the outside. So, yes. um Ken, aren't you able to order bagels online through uh, Uber Eats, right?
1: Um, yeah, through our midtown location we do have the Uber Eats thing going on.
0: Yeah. So make sure you guys patronize them as well through Uber Eats and you can have it delivered to your office and then you won't have to worry about wearing a mask when you walk into the establishment. We can just sit in your house without a mask on and have someone leave your bagels on your porch. But Dan <laughs> <laughs> I thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Thank I you. know that We've been trying to get this done for a couple of days. But um despite what you say, I still feel like you're a really cool guy. And Thanks. uh you can't change my mind on that. But thank you so okay. much for <laughs> thank you so much for talking to me today and I hope that this interview helps some people who weren't aware of the brand and um were interested in some tasty breakfast. I hope this helped change their mind and they go in and actually uh, support a small business here in Cleveland and they see how cool you are as a guy and that makes them say, you know what, I'm going to give that guy some of my money for breakfast. <laughs>
1: Thank you. One love, power to the people, Black Lives Matter.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day.
1: You too. Bye-bye.